So we're in the middle of this discussion of uh, accepting converts from the nations of Ammon and Moab. And um, the challenge is the Torah says not to accept converts. It says that Lo Yavi Ammoni Umoavi Bekal Hashem, that they are not allowed to come in. And so it's only by an interpretation that we say that means the men, the male Ammonites and Moabites can't come in, but the females could. Now, they're not the only nation that the Torah speaks about. And all of the other nations that we don't let in, we don't distinguish between men and women. We say, that's it. The Torah says, don't let them in. They don't come in. So why would there be a difference when Ammon and Moab? And that's, that question really is the uh, uh, question about Dovin and Melech and the question about Rus. Rebbe, in, in all fairness, you know, the others... They're not sexist, as you say, though. That's, they don't oh, distinguish they, between men and women, but they're, they're... Different qualifications, that's all. Abu uh, Moavi is, you know, is never for men, and for Mitzrayim, and, you know, for, for others, it's... Okay, nice here. So, um, yeah, yeah, that... So what happened was, the Gemara gives us a story that actually in Tanakh, this was debated uh, about whether or not, and what triggered it was that Shoal was, um, uh, uh, being the first king, one of the mitzvahs a king has is to ensure that the, uh, his monarchy uh, exists and that the people listen to him, and to be on the alert for people that are going to buck the authority and not going to follow the king. And uh, he was picking up that uh, he was, had competition for his ruling. In fact, Shmuel had told Hashem that if Shoal thinks I'm going to appoint another king, he's going to kill me. Uh, and so what happened was that he never looked at David as a competitor to potentially become the king. But something changed, and we listed that yesterday, that when David put on the armor to go face uh, Goliath, uh, the armor changed, it was the royal armor, it was the king's armor, it was the special armor made just for the king, and even though Shoal was a much bigger person than David, it fit him exactly, uh, miraculously, even though it doesn't make sense, if somebody puts on a suit that's too big, especially a, a, an armor suit, it's not going to fit, but it fit David perfectly, he understood that Hashem was sending him a sign that this person in front of me is fit to be king. So uh, they, he opened up the discussion by asking about David's lineage. And his question was, which family in Yehuda was he from? Yehuda was two famous twins. And uh, both of them were Chashib, but the uh, Zerach was, uh, I'm sorry, Peretz was the one that Mashiach would come from. And he wanted to know, by the way, is he from the Peretz line? Uh, and uh, then Dog Edomi, who was jealous of David, who was one of the great scholars of the time, uh, Dog said, well, why are you asking if he's fit to be king? Why don't you ask if he's fit to be part of our people? And he brought up the whole question, can we accept Moabites into the Jewish people? And he was such a brilliant scholar that uh, no matter what argument they brought up, he managed to quiet them down. So we're going to start three lines from the bottom on Ayin Vav Amid Bey, 76b. The Yom um, uh, the, the the wording in the Pusik changes from the description of David from a lad to a young man. Both of them are similar, so, but it uses the word elam. 
Um, the king said, Sholata ben Mizehailam. He said, Go ask um, who is this Elam? Now Hassan Karlainar, earlier he called him a lad. Now he's calling him an Elam. Why would it change? So Hakikama. So Gemara is telling us that there's something else going on here, that the king asked that a formal question be submitted to the Sanhedrin about the halachic status, because he realized that uh, amongst the king in his cabinet meeting, there was confusion about this, whether somebody of Moabite descent could enter the Jewish people. This halacha is hidden. We actually know the Rus story that uh, Boaz, his own cousin, didn't want to marry Rus because he felt that uh, it was improper, uh, that he wouldn't be able. So you see, it was a long question. I thought he was protecting his uh, Roshut, like his... Because he was, well, um, he was protecting his family line. He thought that if he marries a Moabite, he'll be tainted. It could be Same thing, I think. Yeah, same thing, yeah. So... so Shoal uh, sent out, he said, say Vishol Babes Medrash, go ask the formal court for an opinion on whether Moabites are acceptable. So Shoal, he asked and he got the official answer, Amonis, That's the tradition they had, that when the Torah forbids the Ammonites and Moabites, it's the males and not the females, as we turn to today's page. So at this point, Doag, Actually, Doag Kohani Kushisa. Doag was like the uh, went and he asked all these questions uh, about why should we differentiate between male and female, and we don't in other places. Eshtiku, he was so brilliant, he managed to quiet. And that's an amazing thing that you, everybody's quiet. Nobody has anything to say. No, nobody was willing to argue with him. So Boilach Ruzela. So now he wanted to make an official announcement that from now on, all Moabites and, and Ammonites are treif. They're not kosher, they're not Jewish, they're not acceptable to marry in the Jewish people. Miyad. And then there's another postage. It says, Vamosa ben Yish There was one of the scholars in the Sanhedrin came. Um, and uh, this uh, scholar, let's see, Vaksiv Yeser Yishma'eli, and uh, it's, it, the words describing him um, the Torah doesn't go into the whole story in depth. It doesn't, it's, it's not really a storyteller. Sometimes you have to dig beneath the surface to get to what really happened. And uh, Divrei Yamim does that. Divrei Yamim are, are the chronicles. And often chronicles will hint to the rest of the story. So over there in chronicles, it calls this guy, uh, whose name was Amasa, it calls him a Yishma'eli. It calls him a, a, a like an Arab soldier. So Amarava Malamed, it says that it tells you Shakigar Harbuk Yishmael. It says that he took a sword like Yishmael. They were arguing in the base medrash, and in the base medrash, uh, the discussion was whether or not to accept the Moabites, and it was a discussion in logic. And uh, he, when the nobody could argue with. Um, uh, um, with what's his name, with Doag. He was so brilliant that uh, nobody could win an argument with him. But um, he took his sword and he said, Kol He said, if you don't listen to me, yedakar becherev. You are... Now, by the way, that's, that's exactly how the Arabs spread their religion. If you want to know the historical... It, it was not a brilliant religion at all. It didn't make much sense. It was very wild. But uh, they took the sword and said, you want to accept it or we'll kill you. And uh, that, that, that's how it spread. That's the basis of, of the, uh, 
of, uh, of Yishmael. That's how he did it. That's exactly what, uh, um, that's the fact. It's not even disputed. That's, that's exactly how the, uh, so that he, he acted like Yishmael and said, uh, I don't care what you say. You're going to accept the fact that it's only the uh, um, male Moabites that are forbidden. And he said, why? Because I heard from the prophet who heard from God. You know, you, you get it from a prophet. You can't argue on a prophet. Uh, and end of discussion. And uh, basically it was effective. The discussion ended and uh, it was accepted that David was kosher. That was the... Now, by the way, that was only publicly. Privately, there were still skeptics uh, in, in, who argued that David Amalek really wasn't fit to be king or to be Jewish. And it wasn't until Shlomo Amalek's time when they brought the Aaron into the uh, Kodesh Kedoshim, that it was finally accepted that it was correct. That was the, that was the final Haskamah that David was uh, meant to be king. But uh, either way, uh, that was the story there. So then, that, now the has a different question. Umi Mehemnen, how do you rely on somebody that comes with a sword and says, you've got to listen to me? It's, that's not the way we do it. Uh, it might be effective, but it's not the way we do it. In fact, the question here is, though, what he said was that he had a tradition from Shmuel HaNavi, and we have to listen to the Navi. But we have a rule. The way these things work is that if a person is teaching, uh, gives over transmission of what he learned, when it's, uh, it's not a pressing question, but he just delivers the, the teaching and delivers that to, to the base Medrash and publishes it, then we accept it. If he teaches the halacha, and then uh, it comes later on when the question comes in, we look at the official what was entered into the log of the base medrash, then we accept it. If it was said before the issue was debated and it was the hot subject, we listen to him. But if there's a big argument and then all of a sudden the person pulls out of his pocket, well, I heard from the prophet like this, we don't listen to him. And it's well known that, that well, I, sometimes people, if you don't accept what they're saying, uh, they'll say, oh, Rabbi Feinstein said that. And he never said that. They just, uh, I had somebody say that to me once. The, um, I, there was a chef that was, wanted to do something that we didn't approve. And he said, Rabbi Stein said it was okay. He didn't realize I was Rabbi Stein. <laughs> the, uh, so, oops, you know, that didn't, that didn't fly with me. You know, that's the, but the, sometimes people want you to believe what they're saying is right, and they, they, they're so convinced they're right, they will then say anything to get you to accept them. And so then they'll say, oh, that's what Shmuel Hanavi said. He was quoting a good source. But over here, they were in the middle of the debate, and yet they accepted, uh, they accepted it. Usually this has to have been declared when it's not in the middle of a debate. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why they accepted. Shani Hacha, it's different over here, the Shmuel based in Kain, because Shmuel was still alive. So you couldn't make this stuff up because then you could, it could be checked. So, um, therefore, this was accepted. Now, there is more to this discussion. Um, this, this, who was this masked man um, that uh, came up with this uh, ruling that we've, uh, uh, it's only the male Ammonites that are forbidden and not the females? So this Amasa, it says that he was married to Avigail. Uh, anybody know who Avigail was? 
That was uh, David's sister. So uh, he, uh, now, if it, he was married to David's sister, he was married to an Ammonite, or a Moabite. And so he was Negeavadavar. So he was saying, well, you better, I, I'll tell you, it's 100% okay. That the proof is that's my wife. You know, that's, uh, so how could you accept that? So in a certain way, that's Tzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzit
they they would be inside. The angels wanted to pray Sarah, Sarah when they had visitors and everybody wanted to see who was coming. They said, where's Sarah? Why doesn't she want to see? That she was in the tent because the, we view it as a positive thing that women are modest. Uh, and so, therefore, since the women were modest, they, they couldn't come out to greet them. Um, and they, uh, there wasn't expected of them because that's, uh, uh, they, they, uh, it's a natural thing for them to want to be modest. That's what he wants to say. So uh, the Gemara says, Kitanoi. Actually, this is an earlier debate. Amoni lo, Amonis, Moabi, Lomavi, Steve, Rebbe, Huda. He had that tradition. Shimon Omar, Al, Davar, Shilokin, Weskam, Balachu, Amayim. It says, because they didn't greet you with bread and water, Darko, Shishlokanim. And they bring this whole discussion. Okay, fine. That's, the, that's this, uh, this discussion. Dorish Rava. Rava said, My Dixiv, there's a Pusik in Tehillim, Petakta, Lemoserai. This is in, also in Halo. Uh, that David said, you loosened what bound me. Uh, there are things in life that hold us back, and uh, Hashem uh, loosens them. Hashem, uh, Hashem like a, it's like a person's tied up, and Hashem frees them from the, the things that bind them. So what was binding David? What was holding David back? So Amr David, David said in front of Hashem, Master of the world, Shnei Moser Shia'a I've, I had two things holding me back, meaning my monarchy, the monarchy that uh, David worked to establish his monarchy. Like the, um, you know, the Havdol, Elif Havdolus, you have like the Romanovs, you know, you have the Habsburgs. You know, these were all wicked, you know, nasty people. We have the, the righteous line of David HaMelech, Mashiach ben David. That's the, we're very proud of our, of our kings, our, our Jewish kings. Uh, they, David worked to establish the, what were the Davidic kings? What did they stand for? What, was the, what kind of leadership did they show? What was their hallmark? So, but he said he was held back by two things, two problems. Number one, uh, his grandmother, Rusamovia. Number two, Nama Hamonites. Uh, his uh, son Shlomo married Nama, the Ammonite. So uh, he was held back by them, and Hashem, um, this halacha was established once and for all that, uh, no, they were fully Jewish. That was the uh, that was the story over here. Let's see Rashi. Um, uh, well, one second. Let's. Uh, there's. It's. Uh, we can just do the Rashi on Patachta Shetarti Esenekevas that it was permitted to marry the women from Amanumoa. Nama Imo Shorachavim. That was the mother of Rachavim. Menu Yotzei Malchut Beis David. All the Davidic kings came out of David's uh, grandson Rachavim. Okay. Now the Gemara continues on. Ma'idiksev. So uh, David said, you did wonders. Uh, meaning David never thought he would amount to much because everybody said he came from tainted lineage. And so he says, Hashem, you did wonders. A lie, lo namer. He says, Hashem, you announced it to me. You took away my taint. You took, uh, you took away what um, people, what prevented me from ever achieving in life. So it didn't say me, you said Elenu, us. So Malamed, it's, it's an interesting background. David was sitting with his grandson, Shai Rechavim Yoshe Bechechoshul David. David had his son Shlomo and his grandson Rechavim. And his grandson was sitting on his lap. Omer Lo, when David was, uh, had Ruach HaKodesh and he was composing Tehillim, 
he had his grandson on his lap and he said, Omer lo, alive alecha He said to his grandson, the Torah, these psukim were said to us, meaning that Hashem, David had the taint of Moab. His grandson had the taint of Moab and Ammon. It says, I came with a book. Uh, I thought that this happened in his time, that it was hinted to that his monarchy would be accepted and that you can accept the, uh, the female line of the Moavim and the Ammonites. But below Yadati, I didn't really know, Shemigila Sefer, that actually they found later on in the Torah itself uh, that it was hinted to that uh, you were allowed to marry uh, the uh, Moabite uh, women. Because it says, uh, it says, Hasam Ksif, over there when the angels went to rescue Lot. Now we get the rest of the story. Why? Lot was a drunkard. Why did they rescue him? What do we need that for? The answer is they were saving the Mashiach. They were saving mankind because there was only one uh, line that could help the Jewish people and lead them to doing the ultimate tshuva. That was the line of Davon Amelech. And that was going to come through Rus, who came through Moab. And that's why it says the word Hanim Sa'as. Uh, uh, it used a word over there that the angels found uh, Lot over there. Lot was found uh, in Sinom. In other words, the Mashiach that would save the Jewish people, the sparks of that were found in Sidom. It's, it's an interesting limud in general. In the most wicked place was found the ability to overcome wickedness. That was found in Lot, who was rescued from Sodom, had the seed of Mashiach. Now, it uses, how do we know? David Avdi. It uses that same word, I found my servant David, Mishem, and Kachim, Mishakti. I made him the Mashiach. So it uses the word Matzah, found. So the same word, the same finding that it mentions by David, that's, what, that's why the angels were sent to rescue uh, Lot. Uh, so you see that, that the, from the very beginning that it was understood that the uh, Mashiach was meant to come from Amon Umoav. Okay. Omer Ula, Omer Rabbi Yochanan. Now uh, the Gemara is going to uh, change, not, not change the subject totally, but the Gemara is going to deal with some of these lineage questions about the... Um, uh, the, the Ammonite converts and the Moabite converts. So we're done with the original discussion about uh, the, the, the basic halacha that the females are accepted and not the males. So, Omer Ulam Rabbi Yochan, Bas Ger Ammoni. The question is the following. So we said an Ammoni can convert. So uh, what happens if you have a uh, Ger Ammoni, you have a convert who's the daughter of of a um, uh, of an Ammoni, uh, can uh, let's say you had uh, Ammonites that converted, can their daughter marry a Kohen? How kosher is she, the daughter of an? We said that it only the male line is tainted, but what about the female line? And then also, there's another question here as well: Does a, a convert isn't supposed to marry a Kohen? Can the children of two converts marry a Kohen? That's the next question. In other words, can somebody who came from converts, so we all know one convert, okay, but can two converts, somebody who's basically convert lineage, does that have, is that a, can a Kohen marry from that family? That is the question. Let's see Rashi. Um, now, the, the, originally the Gemara wasn't sure of this case. Basgir Amoni, Kasilka Daikta Amoni Shinizgair Ishto Imo. Originally the Gemara thought 
we're talking about a, a male Ammonite and a female Ammonite. They both convert. Uh, and they give birth to a child after they're Jewish. And the question is, can that child marry, and it's a girl, can she marry a Kohen? That was the question. Okay, back to the Gemara. So, Omer Lei, Rabbi Ba'ul, come on, what's the case? Ikar of Yehuda, if we're holding like Rabbi Yehuda, Omer Bas Gir Zachar, Kabas Hilo, Kabas Cholo Zachar. He says that the child of a convert is just like the child of a Cholo. That uh, uh, if, the, um, if the parents are converts, then the kid has still tainted by the same, uh, same taint, so to speak, and not eligible for a coin. Vika Rav Yossi Pshita. Rav Yossi said even the first day, Omer Av Gir Shinasagiyoris. He says even two converts beat the Ksheri Lakuhuna. So who was the question in? The key tame Bahanak Roy Love of That's if the converts are from nations that we accept. Avohai de ain Roy Love of But how do you know if the daddy is someone who we don't accept that you can not only is the daughter kosher, but she's even kosher for a Kohen? That's the question. How kosher is she? So lo manole. And again, a Kohen has a greater problem of lineage. Lineage for a Kohen is everything. To, those that were chosen to serve Hashem, they, 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 they had a base in, in the base Hamikdash that checked people's family trees. If you were a Kohen, you know, that when it was necessary, they had to make sure that people were, uh, um, had those, uh, those merits. So the Gemara says, So we've thrown out the question, really, which is we've accepted the female line of the Ammonites and Moabites. The question basically is, is it even acceptable for a Kohen? It doesn't matter if it's a generation later. Those are the two questions. So the, the Morris says, well, let's learn out from uh, uh, a widow to a kind gadol. Rabbi, I'm sorry. Is, is the, the question over there by the, by the two bearers, by the man and the woman, being cautious that by the woman that, that wouldn't be a problem? Let's say an Ammonit uh, married a Yisrael. Um, there wouldn't be a question about uh, Correct. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Right. So the, the question is really, what what's the impact of the of the man of the Amoni? No. Yes, uh, but also, does it continue on? Does the same status go to the next generation or not? The status of the, of it, the man. Well, if you argue that you can't, uh, Cohen can't marry a convert, and two converts marry and have a child, is the child still converted? Is he still the children of converts, or he's the children of Jews? The, the parents were limited. The parents couldn't marry Kohanim when they converted, and they have a child. And the child can he be? Does he become better than the parents? Or does is when both parents are converts, the child can't have a higher status than both his parents, or not? That's part of the. In other words, it's the, 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 the right. So that's also part of the question. So the said, let's learn from a widow to a coin gadol. My, uh, um, the my the coin gadol Now over there, uh, the um, uh, the child becomes puzzle. Um The uh, the child becomes uh, puzzle over there, meaning the uh, the child is not fit to marry a kohen. Uh, in other words, because he came from a chalala, if there was a problem with the mother, it goes to the child. So if you hold that the child of a widow and a Kohen Gadol, his father is the Kohen Gadol, and yet this child is, is, uh, is, uh, is, is, stays a chalala. Even the next generation is a chalala. Usually a woman who has improper relations, she takes away her holiness. 
by by her uh, her wedding herself to uh, improper relations, she's mechalo herself. The word chalo means like she she profanes herself. But her child didn't have improper relations. But still, we say when a a, a widow marries a kohen gadol, the, the child born from that nation union can't marry a kohen. So um, you see that it gets passed down the status of being un, not eligible to marry a kohen. So that's the proof the Gemara wants to bring. So if the parents are both converts and they couldn't marry a kohen, so then it's passed down to their child, just like the cholul status is passed down to the child. So that's the proof the Gemara says. Well. The Lord doesn't like that proof. Over there, the parents did something wrong. They created a child that wasn't supposed to be created. So, of course, the child will be tainted. They, they, the child was created from parents living together who shouldn't. So we see, we understand how that was passed down. Similar to a mamzer is passed down. In other words, basically, when a person was created in the wrong way, it affects the child. <laughs> if the parents are drinking or alcohol, uh, you know, on drugs, the child's going to come out that way because that's the way the parents uh, created him when they were, uh, had alcohol in their blood or they had drugs in their system. It's going to affect the child. So, too, when the parents sin, it affects the child. But over here, where the parents were converts, they didn't do anything wrong. So maybe if the child is... Bo- so they, there's a technical reason they can't marry a Kohen. But who said it should affect the next generation? That's the argument. So the Gemara said, Chalol Yochiach. But you see that by a Chalol, it does go to the next generation. The Gemara said, But we said the mother wasn't supposed to be married. Um, uh, that you see from a Gadol that even if it's the next generation is not, a, a, um, uh, it, it's, it's no good. So Chozer Adin, you go back and forth, you can, what do you have in common? She'enu, Barov Kahal, they can't marry everyone who beat Psula and the daughter is not valid. Afkan if you have something that uh, can't marry everybody, there's a difference at Sad Pogam in the parents, Ubita Psula, the child's gonna be no good. That's what we want to argue that the child of two uh, Moabite converts would not be kosher for a coin. But in those other cases, both of them there was a sin. By the Cholol and by the uh, the Kohen Gadol to a widow, both of them had a problem. But over here, there's no problem. So the Gemara said, you're right, maybe we got our case mixed up. Dilma Ba'amoni Shenosa Bas Yisrael Kamras. We're talking about, there was a sin over here. There was an Ammonite a man who married a Yisraelist, not an Ammonite woman. He wasn't supposed to. So the question is, but the the, his daughter is not an Ammonite man. A daughter is an Ammonite woman, and an Ammonite woman convert is acceptable. So even though, and she wasn't born as a convert, this is where it gets tricky. The, when we say, Lo yavi amoni umavi Hashem, it doesn't mean they can't convert. It means they can't marry a Jewish woman. So they convert and they become Jewish, but they're limited to marrying fellow converts, right? So the, they, they're Jewish, but they can't, they can't marry in. They can't marry a full... Uh, so over here, the father converted, and then he marries an Israelite woman. So she wasn't supposed to marry him because uh, 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 only female Ammonites and Moabites can marry Jews, not the, ma- not the male ones. But they, they ignored the rules, and they had a child. It's kosher. 
overlay uh, in the kiyasa that that's correct. The kiyasa that's our case. Over Yochan Baskir Ammonia Bas Mitzri Sheni. What about if you had now we add another twist to it? You have a Gir Ammoni and the daughter of a Mitzri Sheni of Yochan Amukshei Reishlokan Yapsul Reishlokan Yapsul to Yav Mekayin Gadol Vamana. If Yochanan says Sheira, he says no. Uh, so we're having a debate about if this relationship that came about through a mistake of the parents does it taint the kids leading into the next generation. Um, that says that a coin gadol can only marry a virgin, uh, and it's an extra pasuk. It's repeated. He says that includes Gioris mechuna that if you have a, a child born from two gerim, this word geris mechuna means double gerim, both parents. Rashi, geris mechuna, from their base, klomar, shavia vi'ima me'am echad. Both mother and father are born from the same race. but and they were born after they converted. Lafuke geramoni shenosabas Yisrael. That other case was the father wasn't supposed to marry the Bas Yisrael, the lab mechunahi, over there, there was a taint. There's a difference between two gerim that there's no taint, and a ger who's an amoni who there is a taint. He's not supposed to marry a Jew. That, so we're just saying that case is different. Okay, back to the Gemara. Um, uh, I learned uh, from the people that would include somebody that comes. Uh, even from uh, more than one uh, nation uh, that comes from, even from converts. Anam is Mahuna, Vesulo. And you're saying it's only, uh, um, the only one we would include is from two nations. Basically, he was saying that even one convert on one side uh, we would, is kosher lakuna. The, the question really, again, that we're throwing out is if the Ammonite or the Moabite man married a Yisraelis, and they had a child, would a daughter, would that daughter be kosher lekuhuna or not? Does the taint, uh, the fact that the parents uh, ignored the rule of the male convert, does that affect the next, next generation? So Morris said, amin. what are we talking about two nations? Uh, if we're talking about where they both were the same nation, uh, what does it mean that they're two nations? The answer is, the there, there, there's a difference between the male and the female line. The female uh, Moabites are not tainted, the male ones are. Hainu Gioris Mahuna, but the Gemara says, isn't that where both parents are from a convert? Ella, so um, the Gemara says that, that uh, the terms we're using imply that we're referring to Bahmoni Shinosabas Yisrael, and that was our question. So again, um, there's really two questions we've thrown out, which is if uh, if both parents were Moabite converts, is the child acceptable for Kahuna? And what about if only the father was an Ammon or Moabite convert and he did a no-no, he married a Yisraelis that he wasn't supposed to? Would that child be kosher le Kahuna? So, the depend- so those are both, both of those questions were questions that have been thrown out for the base Medrash about the, the uh, status of the... Really, does it pass down it through the generations? And we're, we, the way we're leading is that if the parents did something wrong, maybe it does pass down. But if they didn't do anything wrong, uh, would you say that it's still tainted or not? And then we had this word, mechuna, from the base. 
it means that what, what's the home base? If the home base is all converts, does it keep on going? So, now we're going to repeat the discussion we had to make it even more confusing. <laughs> but it's, it's a repeat of the discussion from a different angle. I said one nation from one nation, it's coming to include even somebody from two different nations. And what I mean is from a nation that has two different types. It's got the male line and the female line. And you said, no, we're only talking about two, two converts even not a convert that's tainted at all, not a Moabite convert, but just in general, can you marry two converts? How would you know that the child of a Mitzri Sheni could marry a, a Kohen? A, a Mitzri Sheni, a Mitzri need to wait three generations. And the third generation is allowed to marry in the Jewish people. And our question is, can the third generation even marry a Kohen? Well, let's learn from the male... Ammonite that married a Bas Yisrael. My Lamoni Shnosa Bas Yisrael Shakein the Kevus Mutarim. The females are always okay. Mitzri Shani Shnosa Mitzri Shniya Yochia. The Gemara says, Yeah, but you see from Egyptians. My Lamitzri Shani Shnosa Mitzri Shniya Shakein ain't Biasa Bavera. Over there, they didn't do anything wrong. Ammoni Shnosa Bas Yisrael Yochia. Because I didn't. So how do we come out? Can we compare all of these forbidden uh, families? So Amr Rav Yosef Hanushmili Rav Yudah to Amr Ammon My Ammav Lo Yidana My Komer. Hey, now I understand what he was talking about. I never knew what he meant. This was taught in front of him. Isha Ammonis Kshera. Uh, a Ammonite convert, uh, her child uh, is kosher, even her son. May Ammoni Hakitani Kame. Isha Ammonis Kshera. Bana may Ammoni, but if she married a uh, both converts, puzzle. Ubita Mamoni, but if they had a daughter, Kshera, the Medamor that's of both parents. Abubita Mamoni, but if the, the father married a woman who he wasn't supposed to, then it's possible. And again, this is what. Even the daughter. Yeah. Um, so the problem is always when the Ammonite father marries the Yisraelis that he wasn't supposed to, so then even the daughter will be tainted. Omalei Puktan Livroy. He says, go teach that outside, not in here. We don't accept that. You said the woman is, is kosher because the female line's good, but no, may Ammoni puzzle the son's no good to Ammoni who because he's an Ammonite who beat him Ammoni Kshera, but the daughter's okay. If you just mean they can marry a Jewish person, if the mother can marry into the Jewish people, certainly the daughter could marry. That can't be the question. The question was, can she marry a Kohen? That's because both parents were converts. But if the father was the only convert and he married illegally, the daughter's no good. What do we mean, this, the daughter of an Ammoni? If both parents were converts, that was good. That was not a problem. That was a convert base. That was the previous question. The problem was the father married by Israel. That's what he meant. We don't agree with that. So um, that's a repeat of the same discussion we had. And again, there's two issues. The issue is uh, a Cohen can't marry a convert. Can he marry the child of two converts? That's one question. And uh, the female line of the Ammon and Moabites is acceptable. What if a male ignored the rules and married a Jewish person he wasn't supposed to, a male convert from Ammon and Moab? He married a Jewish Israelis. And then the question is, would the kids be tainted, even the female line 
be tainted because the parents committed a sin. So then we said, my tshuva. Um, so going back to the Mishnah, the Mishnah said, we wanted to argue maybe all of the forbidden lines are only the male side, not the female side. If you're going to tell me the Amonumo of lines are only the female side, so maybe even the Egyptians and the Edomites is only the, uh, the, the male side that you can't marry. So we said there's a question on that. We, if you're going to say logic, we have an argument on that. What's the argument? You find by forbidden relations, you find the concept of uh, after multiple generations, it's not forbidden. In theory, a person could marry their great, great, great granddaughter. Then <laughs> a Torah. Three generations. Uh, their great granddaughter. Uh, because the Torah doesn't forbid it. The Torah doesn't actually say it, according to uh, the rabbis forbid it. Uh, but in theory, I uh, wouldn't recommend it, uh, but in theory, you could. Basically, you see that forbidden things, kind of, after a few generations, they become less forbidden. That's kind of the, what we're trying to say. Mm-hmm. So, um, male or female. The Gemara says, Milo, Raya, came to Karis. That's different because you got cut off for that. So the Gemara said, Mamzi, well, you see, from Mamzer, that goes forever. Mamzer can never come in. Arise, okay, of course didn't. The bottom line is, what do you see from there? Lokra, the Mamzer is different from the regular forbidden. Mamzer goes forever. Arise, go for three generations. Hashad, what do they have in common? It's both male and female. We know that it's male and female. They're forbidden. And males and females. So basically, we're trying to say that if you... Our question was, the Torah mentions three generations, and we wanted to know, is it three generations of both lines, male and female, or only the male line? And they said, well, let's look at other forbidden things, whether it's Arias or whether it's Mamzerim, and we're saying that though, the, both of those don't differentiate. Yeah, but those are more severe than the Egyptian or the Edomite things. These things you get cut off. They learn out from uh, the cholol, the a person is profaned even when he ignored the Kohen Gadol marrying the virgin. What does he mean? I don't agree with him, but you agree with Rilazar ben Yaakov. Uh, I'm telling you the halacha, that, that I didn't just say this from logic, I said this from halacha. We will, uh, well, let's keep it. Tanya, Omer Lam Rav Shimon, Halacha Niyomer. Rav Shimon said, again, the question was, if he learned it from logic, we can knock you down in logic. We have all kinds of questions on this differentiating between the male and female line and whether it should apply to, it doesn't apply to a mamzer, it doesn't apply to ervas. Why should it apply to the Egyptians or the Edomites? So, but he said, anyways, it wasn't pure logic, even though I told you a logic. He said, I learned the halacha. And he said, I have proof from the, the Pasek, that it's only the male line and not the female line. Okay, we will.